today's scripture is coming from Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 10. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaves will green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. We have a tendency to hear what we want to hear. Doesn't matter if it's the singing of a song or the reading of scripture or the listening to a sermon. We have the tendency to hear what we want to hear. Each step I take, my Savior goes before me. We know that, and yet in the second stanza, at times I feel my faith begin to waver. Why? I've already convicted myself or convinced myself, each step I take, the Savior goes before me. He goes with me. Why then do I waver? Because I begin to lose doubt or have doubt. I tend to look around me. I tend to see things from the human eyes rather than from the spiritual eyes. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. But then it also says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? We tend again to hear what we want to and fail to realize again what God has given to us. The scriptures were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. We read in Jeremiah or any of the other, (coughs) excuse me, writings in the scriptures, and yet we tend to forget. These were written to God's people, by God's people, for God's people, and yet, They forget. (coughs) Excuse me, they were written for us who are to be God's people. And yet we tend to forgive. 
A little bit later in Jeremiah, in the 18th chapter, he's going to talk about sending Jeremiah down to the potter's house to learn a lesson. To realize that God's the potter and we're to be the clay. And yet to go into chapter 19, and to get down to verse 10, when the heart is hardened, you have to break the flask in the sight of men who will go with you. Once you fire the kiln or put the, 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 the vessel in the kiln and fire it up, then it becomes hard and it must be broken if it's no longer good. We're to be clay, soft clay in the hands of the Lord. We're to learn the lesson of a tree planted by the waters who will remain strong if it remains or draws its strength from the Lord. Jeremiah is writing to his people, reminding them that because they had disobeyed God, they were going to be punished. <laughs> and yet there were false prophets going around saying that that would not be the case. Jeremiah would say that they would go into captivity for 70 years. But the false prophets would say, well, you go into captivity, but you only be there for three years and you come back out. And the people would prefer to listen to the false prophets than they would to Jeremiah. And they would persecute him, seek to kill him. One who would bring them the truth from God, but would choose, the people would choose rather to hear one who would give them pleasing words. Oh, you're going to be punished, but it won't be bad, so do not worry about it. Rather than the understanding that you're being punished, why? Because you have turned from the Lord. You have chosen to do your own thing as opposed to following God. It's been their history. And that's one of those sad commentaries as you look at it. God's people choosing rather to look for what was pleasing, what was easier, and what satisfied them physically as opposed to the faithfulness to God even though it would be difficult here the reward would be well worth it if they would keep their perspective right the one who trusts in the Lord the one who places confidence in God. We talked a little bit about that this morning in the auditorium class. I know what God has said. I believe God said it. But it's extremely hard for me to have the confidence that God will keep his word. And there's a challenge that we have throughout our life. We have the understanding of what he's saying here by like a tree planted by the water shall stand. 
But yet then when the persecution comes, when I see that trouble that's ahead and it's huge, a chasm wide, doesn't seem to be a way around it. I lose confidence. But God's people have always been told to put their trust in God. God's people have always been told that when they failed to put their trust in Him and they had been punished, that if they would turn back, God would still be there. He has not abandoned His people. Those He loves, He does chastise and He does correct. But He has not abandoned them. And at times we may feel that way in the world in which we live. A world in which we believe that we have the freedom to worship God excuse me, in accordance with His will. But we fail to realize at times that that freedom that we enjoy of worshiping God according to His will and in harmony with His word will not basically be accepted by the majority of the world. In fact, so much so that, again, they will persecute, reject, ridicule, mock, and at times harm one who would be faithful to God. That's not new. It's not new. But it's hard to to work through. That's why we come together to teach and to admonish one another. It's why we come together to encourage one another. It's why we come together to challenge one another about not letting the things of the world dominate, taint, corrupt what we know to have in God through Jesus Christ. To realize that we are to be totally dependent upon the Lord. But we have our concept that I need to some way help Him. Rather than trusting Him to work His will out in our life. We see very dimly, we see very nearsightedly, if you will. We see up close. And we do not see how He works. Even though we have His Word, even though the world shows us that, we find it hard to see how He works His will in this world that seems totally rejecting Him. And yet His will can still be worked out if we can learn to put that trust in Him. Whose hope is in the Lord. That's where our hope is. We sometimes think it's going to be within us. If we can just get things situated, if we can just get things turned around, if we can just get it fixed the way that we think it ought to be, then 
would be okay rather than trusting God that even though I may not see it. We mentioned this morning sometimes it's hard to read Hebrews 11 verse 35 through the remainder of the chapter and to think and to remind ourselves these were God's people and he still cared for them. And those that were faithful to him, even though they lost their physical life, have that eternal reward with him. We do not like the concept of believing that God is with us and allowing us to go through severe trials and tribulations. We rather want to believe that as God's children, he is going to bless us abundantly physically, if you will. Everything will work out for us physically. And and that's the way we can perceive that he is with us as opposed to thinking that as I'm on the run, as I'm being tortured, that God is with me, watching over me, yea, even protecting me, if you will. Sometimes that protection may be the loss of the physical life so that the spiritual life can be eternally with God above. To be like a tree planted by the waters. In essence, we're transplanted. We're placed there. God placed us there. He works with us in this world in which we live. Is his will being worked out. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18 again. God places us in the body just as it pleased him. Also, I believe he places us in the world just where it pleases him. He has a reason for where we are. He has a reason for what is being done. We may not fully comprehend it. We may not fully understand it. We will not fully even perceive it. It's hard for us to even begin to try to grasp our minds around the concept of his, being, his will being worked out before he laid the foundation of the world. And that it all has a purpose, all has a plan, all has a direction in which it's moving, of which we are a small part. But as I do my part, as I'm learning to surrender to him, as I'm learning to put my trust in him, I may not ever see the results of that as I would want to see. But I trust him. That if I'm faithful to him, his will indeed will be accomplished. And if I'm I'm planted by the waters, if I spread my roots out to the river, I will not fear when the heat comes, when persecution comes. If I'm where I need to be, if I'm drawing my strength from God, if my roots are deep in His Word, my life is committed to Him, I'm, I'm drawing strength from that, then when the heat comes, 
What do you have to fear? What do you have to fear? Well, fear itself. We, we fear that. We, we fear the, what we cannot foresee, that part of the life that we have. And part of that is to cause us, when you fear, where do you go? What do you do when you fear? Do you pull within to think that I have to do it? I'm going to do all of this, make all those preparations? Or do I, when I fear, do I look for the strength that is greater than the fear? Do I look to the source that's greater than the fear? Do I look to God? And again, do I remind myself? And again, the scriptures are telling me this, that God's people have always struggled with keeping their perspective where it needed to be. If they had done what God had wanted them to do in the first place, they wouldn't be facing this, in essence. But God is still able to use that to give us what He needs. You're going into captivity. You're going to be there for 70 years. He would tell them, when you get there, he said, you're not coming back anytime soon. Just go ahead and build houses there. You will return. A remnant will return. But people need to learn that they're not in control. Has that changed? We still need to learn that we are not in control. Why do we not trust the one who is in control? Each step I take, do you honestly, sincerely, with full assurance, mean exactly what you said? Each step I take, the Savior goes with me. Then again, why do I fear the great chasm that's ahead? If he is with me each step that I take, why do I fear? If I'm holding the Father's hand, why do I fear? What can man do to me? Oh, I've got the vivid imagination. Don't doubt that. I can think of all kinds of things man can do to me. But in essence, what can man do? He can destroy the body. That's going to be destroyed anyway. But it cannot touch the soul. If the soul is in God's hands. Do I put my trust indeed where it needs to be? If I'm where I ought to be, then its leaf will be green. It will be pleasing to God. God has created the trees, and he's using this for the example, in the beauty of, their, of the trees, the leaves being green. It's a, please, it's a pleasant sight to look at. I'll be pleasing to God that my roots are where they ought to be. Drawing water from the living streams, that God, which is God. And they will not be anxious in the year of drought. Again, why do we get anxious? 
been said so many times, the fears that we face or look at and, and, and imagine in our minds never come to pass. They're never as great as we had anticipated them to be. But we live in a world that just constantly feeds off the fears that we have. Oh, you need to be doing this or you're going to lose that. You need to be doing this or this is going to happen. You need to be doing this or that's going to happen. If I'm firmly planted where God wants me to be, he'll take care of me. We draw our strengths from one another. We encourage one another. He's, he's got a reason why we're here. He's got a reason why we gather together. He's got a reason to tell you that we need to encourage one another. When I, if I have something that's greater than I want to be able to, or that I think I can bear, I've got, I draw strength from my brothers and sisters in Christ even though I don't tell you what my, my trouble is. I still draw strength from my brothers and my sisters in Christ. And we need to understand what the scriptures are given to us for to help us. And they will not cease from yielding fruit. If I'm where I ought to be, if I'm drawing my strength from God, if I'm walking in His will, trusting Him in the life that I live, I will not cease to bear fruit. God will work with me. He's working in me. He's working through me. Their fruit will be born. We may not see it in a way, that, again, that we would like to see it. But it's going to be born. And again, it will see us then into eternity. We're to keep bearing fruit. And we're to understand that a tree does not bear its fruit 12 months out of the year. I mentioned at one time, excuse me, I'd written an article and talking about the fruit inspectors. <laughs> and I'm not judging you, I'm just a fruit inspector. Uh, you've heard that expression that some have said. Well, it's still a judgment, if you will. About bearing fruit. I look at your life and I don't see you bearing fruit. And I've written, I wrote an article one time that says that I'm glad these fruit inspectors are not judging trees in the wintertime. Because they would declare that they're all dead and need to be cut down. And don't realize there's still life and it will bear its fruit in due season. Do we trust God? I want to see it now. That's the way we live our lives. I want to see it now. Rather than trusting God that it will bear over a period of time and do the will that God has for us. And we get to work with our heart. And how many times have you heard somebody say, well, just follow your heart. Well, the heart is deceitfully wicked. It's not the guy that needs to be. This is the guide, God's Word. That's what we need to be following, as opposed to, well, I, my heart says I'm okay. I feel good in my heart about this. The heart is deceitful. And I need to put the trust in the right place. 
I, the Lord, search the heart. I will judge the thoughts and the intents of your heart. Hebrews 4, uh, 4, verses 12 and 13. God will search the heart. He will know your intentions and He will know your thoughts. Know your words before you speak them and thoughts before you think them. He'll be the judge. Live your life, let Him be the one. He will test the mind. He wants to know what's in your heart. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 2. Let Israel in the wilderness for 40 years to know what was in their heart. Would they obey God or not? And they did a bad job in obeying God. Are we different? Are we different? What's in your heart? Simply because you have not seen what you want to see as Israel didn't see what they wanted to see those 40 years in the wilderness. God wants to know what's in the heart. Do you believe Him? Do you trust Him? Are you willing to follow Him? Are you willing to do His will? Regardless of what you see, trust in Him to do His will within our life. And I will give to every man according to His way and according to the fruit of His doing. God will give the reward. You be faithful to God. While we have that opportunity, we strive to encourage one another. Be faithful to God. While there is time, encourage one another. Put your trust where it needs to be. It's in God. It's not in us. It's not in us individually. It's not in us collectively. The trust is in God who works in us individually and who works in us collectively. It's up to us to follow Him. Simply trust and obey. We sing the song, it's a great invitation song. It's a challenging song to sing anytime. Where we learn to trust God and obey His will. All that He wants from you is to help you Be with him eternally in heaven. Do you trust him? You look at your life and you make that decision. If you're not where you need to be spiritually, you need to become that child of God through the repentance of your sins, the confession of Jesus as Lord, the obedience to him in baptism for the remission of sins to be raised to walk a new life to do that. Or as a child of God, but let the fears of the world Creep in. Make the life right with God. If you wanted from Him, come home. He's always there to receive, to restore, and to give life. That be your need this morning. If we could assist you, if we could help you, indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.